We are Wrestling Elitist. I am your host, Alex Gibson, alongside my co-host and tag team partner in life, the seductive Sean Nash. Welcome back, Sean. How you doing? Thank you. I'm doing great. I'm hoping everyone's having a, a great week since I've been gone, except for Aaron Glenn. Go, go be better. Go be better. Yeah. Rough week to be a Lions fan. Uh, also rough week to be Chris. He is still out this week. Um, he's still mourning the death of the Queen, but I believe he'll be back next week. I, that's tough. <laughs> tough, tough. I do, I do appreciate uh, the kind words from everybody on last week's episode on my singles debut. Got some nice compliments from people. Nothing from Sean. I'm sure nice. he meant oh. to. No, I loved uh, it. That, this is what, that's the podcast to me is uh, it's listening to you two. So it's nice, nice to hear just straight 30 minutes of you breezing through it all. It was uh, it was a challenge, but I I actually listened to it and didn't hate it, so I was pretty oh, you did great. I was pretty uh, pretty impressed with myself for that. But Carry the uh, be sure to, be sure to check us out on Twitter and Instagram at Wrestling Leaders Podcast. Check out our website WrestlingLeaders.com for our latest match reviews and articles. I think the way that we've been doing the uh, show reviews for Wednesday Night Dynamite and Friday Night Rampage lately, Chris. I shouldn't even say we. It's Chris that's it's owning Chris. that. Uh, it's been really cool. He goes through, gives the star ratings, but then also breaks down what he liked, what worked, what didn't work. And I just think that a little taste. You know, for my son, yeah, exactly. It kind of gives you a preview of the show uh, because it come, sometimes sucks that we don't get to really do this until Sunday or Monday it's and late. then put it out Monday night, Tuesday night. So please make sure you're checking those out. Uh, I also recently posted that Jungle Boy article uh, wanting to separate him and Jack Perry. And then Chris had that ECW Anarchy Rules 99. Uh, Sean, why don't you tell the people what the plan for the show is? The plan, well, we're going to talk about a pretty sad passing in the, the news segment, then move on to our match moments, cringes, and what we're looking forward to in the coming weeks. And the wrestling world's too big just to fit it all in that. So we got a couple extras at the end. Perfect. Well, let's, uh, I guess, without any further ado, I guess, jump right into it with uh, the sad news that we have this week. Let's talk about uh, the passing of Antonio Noki, a uh, true pioneer in Definitely. the wrestling world and MMA politician, mm-hmm. uh, just an absolute kind of powerhouse really in the wrestling world. Sean, kind of, I don't know if you have any specific thoughts to start with or any, um, I know, was, anything that kind of stands out to you about him. I was watching uh, SmackDown oddly on Friday night, didn't really have anything to do. And they, they went on live television with uh, announcing that. So it was pretty shocking just to hear out of the blue, uh, a company that doesn't really ever mention Antonio Inoki. They even mentioned that they don't truly count his, uh, like uh, the world heavyweight championship run or whatever it was that he won. Mm -hmm. brought up his Muhammad Ali match, which classic, just him chopping the shit out of uh, Muhammad Ali's legs. But it's a very, very sad passing, a man who definitely uh, fostered what is New Japan, or not New Japan, but just Japanese wrestling is today. Yeah, and he's just got such a unique kind of background. The fact that he's just one of those people that's done so many different things in his career, whether it is politics. He also did MMA. I believe he was even, uh, he was tutored by uh, Carl Gotch. So really had a good basis and understanding in that strong style of wrestling and and helped us, you know, he's, he's the reason that the wrestling that we love exists really today, I think. Totally. And uh, just a sad, sad to see him pass. Um, I think you mentioned it too, though, with like Muhammad Ali, I think that's another time where you got to see a crossover of stars. You don't really see that anymore. You know, you, you, they try, right. You know, WWE has had Logan Paul AEW had uh, Mike Tyson, who Shaquille also obviously O'Neal. did, did that Tyson. stuff. And 
but really like Enoki versus Muhammad Ali in the seventies is kind of, to me, one of the biggest ever true crossover uh, bouts that you'll ever see. And um, we're sad to see him go. I don't think that, um, I don't think that he'll ever be fully recognized for how much he contributed to the wrestling world from a casual standpoint. You know what I mean? Everybody thinks about Hulk Hogan or the rock or stone cold, totally. but Antonio Inoki is uh, cream of the crop when it comes to wrestling legends. So rest in peace, Antonio. Uh, let's, let's flip it right to our match of the week though. Uh, Sean and I had some uh, corporate synergy uh, early in the first half of this podcast Definitely. and in our matches of the week and moment, but let's start with the match, Sean. Let's talk about it. This week, just masterclass by Jericho and Sports Entertainment. Start off the beginning with offering up the people pizza. And fully know Welling's going to pull it off in front of their faces. Perfect. Perfect by Jericho. Reveling in all the boos of the fans. Um, Bandino sh- Bandito shined. That minute-long superplex felt like that was the total combined amount of time he spent at uh, WrestleMania throwing up people like that. That was awesome. Um, Jericho looked as rad as he did the week prior when he faced off with Danielson. Um, what I loved most that stiff shot Jericho delivered to, uh, to bandito delivering that blood to the mask. Mm -hmm. That was perfect. Great visual throughout the rest of the match. Um, Jericho kind of took control from there on in, uh, loved him kind of thinking he won that first with that first, uh, walls of Jericho hold, but we still get a little spice from bandito with that avalanche moonsault slam, the recoil German suplex, beautiful earned him a, the contract hopefully he signs if he hasn't signed already he's such a great wrestler just so good love to see it yeah that was just such a interesting match i think first of all i'm gonna start this with something that's not gonna sound like i'm complimenting the match but that Mm. made me really want to wish that we were seeing claudio versus bandito because the swing versus that delayed suplex oh my gosh would just be a great Great matchup to just incredibly strong, like pound for pound, probably the strong two of the stronger competitors in pro wrestling right now. Um, but onto this one, you mentioned a lot of the great spots. I love everything about Bandito. I'm I enjoy Lucha, but I think a lot of times on television it doesn't work because there is going to be a lot of botching. Um, you know, they're just moving at such a high rate of speed, and right. there's so much. Uh, your partner has to be helping you to really pull off a lot of the moves, but this match or bandito matches in general don't require a whole lot of that. He still has some Lucha aspects to his style, but he's a, he's a fucking powerhouse totally. And he's got some really cool stuff. Um, you know, that, like you said, that delayed vertical suplex was kind of one that really, uh, stood out for me. There was that slingshot power bomb, uh, that bandito hit on him as well. Um, I think seeing generic or generico, Jesus, uh, Jericho, uh, hitting, uh, almost getting hit with a, with a GTS from uh, bandito, but being able to reverse that, then kind of the ending there with, uh, bandy. I don't know the name of his finish where he does that kind of spling slingshot, um, off of the, off of the ropes and kind of backflips, but seeing that I actually thought there was a chance bandito was winning that match, um, not coming into it. But throughout the match, watching it, the way it started to feel like there was, yeah, there was a, it felt like there was a chance that it was going to happen. You know, it, it sucks that he lost because I love Bandito, but hopefully he'll be uh, joining the, the team very soon at AEW and um, just really enjoyed it. I I think Jericho has been on a tear. I talked about it last week. I I'm trying to make sure that I'm fully 
um, appreciating what we're getting from him right now. Totally. Uh, the Ocho uh, has been great. And seeing him just attack the ring announcer even after the match, uh, that was fun. <laughs> and uh, you you mentioned at the beginning of the show the uh, pizza, offering it up to the fans and denying them. Yeah, I just want to say Luigi Primo, mm. they're using him in the perfect way right now. Totally. I don't <laughs> ever want to see him be a serious character, but it's it's almost like a Danhausen, right? Like as long as they're in on the joke and they understand that this isn't a top contender or anything like that. I think it's perfectly fine and he's so goofy and it's so easy for a heel to get some heat uh, with just, you know, kicking him or knocking him out or knocking something like that. There. And just him just taking a one punch knockout essentially <laughs> all the time. Um, yeah. He's been, he's been fun. And uh, also that, that guy knows how to flip a pizza. So yeah, it's very impressive to just continue that the whole time. And it's, it's not real dough or whatever, but to keep it going pretty good. He knows what he's doing. Uh, well, let's uh, move on to our mat- or moment of the week. Sorry, uh, Sean, what uh, stood out to you there? Uh, an impassioned Wheeler Yuta. Like every- we don't get him on the mic very often, but when he we do, he is kind of just always yelling, barking into the to the mic. I like that. Kind of helps for when we don't really get to hear from him too often. Um, loved the the hometown Vince Papali, Mark Wahlberg era uh, Philadelphia Eagles pants style. Beautiful, beautiful little mark there um and then cut to that luxury box sky suite that he had nice little brawl goes into the fans there it's a cool kind of uh, setup that they have there that just kind of fell right into the fans there love it this will be a good match this is happening this week on dynamite yep yeah, yeah dc for the uh what is it three-year anniversary yeah oh wow that's crazy um I would. I kind of hope it was like just a little further down, just so we could get some uh, MJF and William Regal on the mic battles. I'm sure we're going to get a lot of that coming soon with where this will probably lead to. But just fun, fun, impassioned Wheeler Yuta, but we don't see too often. Yeah, it's good. You know the the knock on Wheeler has been his lack of you know a personality or anything like that. Mm-hmm. And MJF, I think, is kind of pulling it out of him a little bit, and they. They seemed he seemed to hold his own. It wasn't like he was being outclassed. Obviously, MJF is still the best of the best. Number but, one. But you're still getting to see a good a good representation from Wheeler, and I think that he uh, he held his own. And you know, it was great to see him you know sneak up behind MJF in the press box after the match and get his uh, comeuppance a little bit on MJF. Um, overall, just was a a good segment that got two young guys over. I really think that as we look back at the media scrum, not to talk about that a whole lot today, but as we look back at that, I think the lesson to be learned from it is that AEW needs to lean on the young, the young, the young guys, the un, the people who aren't names already in the business and make them stars. Um, I think just relying on a punk, clearly this entire summer was built upon a summer of punk mm-hmm. and clearly Tony was afraid of deviating from that. So he just didn't really commit to anything over the summer. This show is at its most compelling. I think though, when you're building up a Yuta, when you're building up a Darby, um, Danny Garcia, I even say a Sammy Guevara, like, yeah, yeah. I didn't want to say it It felt wrong, Uh, but let's yeah, Danny Garcia, uh, Lee Moriarty. Mm, Um, There's a lot of guys that I think you can build up. AEW does a good job of understanding when fans are, catching on to something. So if, if something's not working, pivot, but let these guys get a chance to shine. Stop worrying about the, the, uh, 
guys that leave WWE, although that seems to be a trend that's not going to happen nearly as much anymore, right? But put a little bit more focus on some originals, I think, and then sprinkle in the the stars of um, of WWE and, and elsewhere. Um, all right, let's get negative. Cringe of the week, Sean. Let's do it. What was it? Um, see, I'm going to have trouble with this. Is it Soraya? Is it Soraya? Soraya. Soraya. That whole segment just was was awful to me. The beginning, her saying she has chills sounded so unenthusiastic. Just hardly seemed like the crowd was really into it either at that point. Um, everything early on and kind of the whole premise of the thing felt just like a retread of her WWE return promos. Um, she's the revolution. She That's her house. But it's just kind of overplayed and done with. And this time, it's just, it just it doesn't look good. And it's been done too many times with her. Um, she was really trying hard to get little pops from the crowd every now and then. Said she's just running late on time, running late on time, going over. But then still has the whole division ready to come out. The whole division, the four yeah. pieces that come out, and then the four heels that come out. Like there's so many people in the back that yeah. weren't included in this. And then you are, you already have problems with your women's division not getting just true camera time. And and the change and the revolution you're making is making sure all these women have one time on the on the screen just once not two matches not three not a backstage just a bunch of women all at once it doesn't seem like a true change they i don't know on your feed they cut the audio when she made the diss on brit's name sounding like shit if that's what she said yeah i think that i think when i was watching it did too it just seemed weird didn't like so many other things have been said worse but uh weird weird cut wasn't a fan um and i don't know that i'm gonna be a fan of soraya's i heard I feel like her best days are kind of behind her, the the early on revolution in AJ Lee, but I just, and if she can't, we don't know if she can wrestle yet. Just nah, not a fan of what, where this might go. It was an awkward segment. And I guess th- there's an argument to be made that maybe they need to work through those, right? They need to be given the time to work through the awkwardness and gain sure. that comfort in front of the television audience. But Paige or Soraya should have that. Uh, she's, she was even the GM for a while. So she should, yeah. if anything, be, she should be more confident in her talking than she is in her wrestling at this point in her career. Right. Totally. I think that, you know, I watched that and there were times where I felt uncomfortable. I think the saving grace was the actual match itself. I think Tony and Serena really put on a great match and we'll talk about it a little bit more uh, later in the mm-hmm. kind of bonus stuff that we have to talk about. But overall, they, they, they just had no chemistry even when it came to on the on the mic during the commentary section. They kept not me- mentioning that it was the first lumber uh, fem- like female lumberjack, lumberjack match. lumber jill, whatever. And then and then Paige gets on the thing and says, "I think this is the first one, right?" Like they that was already established, and then she was kind of like backtracking. It just felt weird. Um, you know, I I hope that it gets better. I I want to see it get better, and I hope that she ends up being everything. But I, I think in, when you look at like a Jericho, we t- I talked about it last week. One of the things that makes him special is that he doesn't just rely on old bits. Uh, we haven't heard, he hasn't done the list of Jericho since he's joined AEW. He hasn't mm-hmm. done any of those things. He's constantly reinventing himself with things. And I would have liked to have seen Soraya be a little bit, you know, don't do the, this is my house. Like just forget that that you ever said that. Cause that's not some crazy, creative thing and plus we already have swerve mm-hmm. saying whose house swerves house so yeah, great point great point um so just i think i think that if we could have i wanted to see her be 
someone else. And that doesn't mean her coming out and shitting on WWE and saying, I finally get to be myself. A boss that listens. Either. Oh yeah. She yeah. did say that. I, I, we don't need it. I, I just think that, um, that's probably where Tony, Tony needs to get control of when he does bring in somebody from another company, specifically from WWE, you need to make them somebody other than who they were. Uh, Adam Cole, uh, now Soraya. I mean, I just thought back to, to like the first week or second week, I guess of dynamite when the fans were chanting, we, the people to Jake Hager, Jericho says that was a shitty line from bad creative or whatever. That's a hundred percent correct. Just let it die where it was and, and create something new because it's just not as interesting if you're going to be the same person just on Wednesday nights instead of Monday nights. hundred percent. Um, my cringe of the week. Oh, that was, um, it was kind of speaking of Soraya with injury and stuff. It was Meltzer complaining about not having injury clarity and comparing it to the NFL saying with Tony Khan being in the NFL, he should understand the importance of disclosing injuries. None of that's related. So like that's because you're not face. It's not teams facing off each other and you're getting, giving that information or not. I, it's such a bad comparison the dirt sheets, I think, are really getting squeezed out right now. It sounds like they're, you know, I think there's probably a lot of people in AEW saying don't talk to them. WWE probably similar, or WWE right now, people are happy, so they're not talking. <laughs> so there's like they're not getting any information, but specifically he he was mentioning about AEW and the fact that they don't get any clarity on injury. They don't deserve any. I wouldn't want, you know, you know, we joke about the reason that Chris was out this week. Um, if there, if there was, if it was because of an illness, which it's not, uh, I, I would, uh, not want to be declaring that HIPAA baby, um, you know, I took, I took time off over in, in the summer and, you know, I wouldn't want it coming out that it was because I, I don't know, had some reason that was, that there was, was a surgery to myself. That, yeah, that exactly. It's you, we don't have any right to that information. Mm-mm. I don't even really need it in football other than for my fantasy team. You can just does. say they're on. It does seem weird that there is just like a break in in, in HIPAA kind of where we just let these injuries go known for NFL players. Like that really just shouldn't be allowed. Yeah, it, it, is, an odd, it, it is an odd thing and I don't really get the value in it. Vegas. Um, other than I guess for the fans to know if their favorite star is going to be playing yeah. on a Sunday or, or whatnot. Um, but it was, I just think it, it was tone deaf, um, you know, which that's kind of on brand for him. I feel like at times. And I think that if you if if you if you had a valid reason for it, sure. But it just seems like there's bitterness about not knowing. The one thing I will say is I think AEW needs to do a better job of writing people off of television. Miro shouldn't just disappear for three weeks or three months, and you're like, wait, he just had a match that he won with the House of Black and or against the House of Black, and now all of a sudden he's just gone. God. Um, so you should you should definitely write people off and and do stuff like that, but there doesn't need to be disclosure disclosure of injury or why they're going away, or you don't even really have to specifically say that they're going away. But if they get attacked backstage and then they're gone for a few weeks, we can assume that they're just kind of selling off selling that injury. That's probably where I would say that there should be a little bit more clarity from AEW. But once again, we're not owed anything. Yeah, and it, and Meltzer's not owed the the scoop, the story. It like if at this point, 
they can put their own beat writers on this and or create their own writing staff just to put all this stuff out themselves. It's not, yeah. it's not up to if him. I, He's not the the giver and taker of all the, the news. Just seems so weird. If I were Tony Khan, that's honestly what I would do. I would just hire a, a, my own beat writer to write articles, maybe three, and have, give them a podcast and just have them talk about what's happening going on in AEW. And Sounds like a thing already, but yeah, just without exactly. a contract. Um, Tony, we know you're listening. Uh, and then just go from there. I don't, I don't really get this, this incessant need otherwise. Um, but let's move away from that. I think that's, that's really all I had to say with it. Uh, let's go positive again. Sean, what is it that you're looking for? I, I love holidays. I love to celebrate. And this is on par with Thanksgiving, National Scissoring Day. We're a podcast that scissors an obscenely amount. This is a scissoring podcast. We scissor a ton, a shit ton. And I'm going to be scissoring a lot on Wednesday. So I'm excited. I, I don't know what's in store, but scissoring's on the menu. It is. And, you know, I, I had forgotten about it. I don't know how, uh, you know, you don't, I don't forget what day Christmas is. Mm -hmm. I don't forget what day is New Year's every year, but somehow I missed this. And I was glad that you had it in your anticipation. I almost changed mine to this. Uh, it's worthy. It's going to be, it's going to be a celebration, uh, worthy of, uh, yeah, worthy of potentially taking off Thursday. So that's true. You don't know how you're going to feel. Uh, my anticipation beyond that is uh, MJF versus Wheeler Yuta. We talked about it in our moment of the week. I mean, I think we know how this match is going to go, right? There's going to be an MJF win, probably totally. from cheating. But I think Wheeler has shown so much over the last few months, ever since he joined the Blackpool Combat Club. I'm excited to see it. I'm sure there's going to be some involvement from the firm. Maybe we'll get to see uh, Cesaro do some sort of an uppercut to uh, Morrissey. Pop-up uppercut would be incredible with his size. Yeah. Uh, but I think it's going to be a great match. I hope it main events. Give it the time that it deserves. AEW lately has been really giving the uh, main events a lot of time to breathe, it seems like, most weeks, with the exception of Grand Slam because it was so packed. Yeah. But uh, give, it, give it a good 20, 25 minutes and just let these two show why they are truly the future of this company. Yeah, yeah, this will definitely be fun. Give it the time it needs. Wheeler Yuta's just been on a tear with that title run to the title loss against uh, Daniel Garcia. Everything has just really shined, so I'm excited to see this. And yeah, it's fodder for MJF to go through the Blackpool Combat Club one by one-ish, and it'll be fun. Yeah, and I saw some tweets from like 2018, 2019, of MJF. Uh, of MJF talking about Wheeler Yuta. So yeah. it seems like they're actually probably really good friends too, which I think Travel buddies. is gonna is gonna mean that this is gonna be an even better match because who knows they don't nobody's gonna know each other better than these two. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um moving on to some of the things that we just didn't get a chance to cover uh throughout kind of the, the normal segments. Let's do it. First of all, our our star of the match of the week, Bandito, it sounds like was offered a uh, contract officially from AEW as soon as that match ended, uh, right after he gave Tony Khan what might be the most awkward hug I've ever seen in my life. Very weird photos came out from all of that. Just boy child all the way, Tony Khan. You know, I uh, I met like my favorite podcaster besides us three this week, of course. Uh, and I was just terribly, terribly awkward in the interaction. Uh, he even kind of made a joke about it because I like just kind of skirted away and then said hi to the other co-host from the show. And he was like, Oh, I guess you were done with me. 
uh, I thought he was done with me. So I just was like, <laughs> I don't want to, I don't want to take up your time. Um, and I want to say that that's how I feel Tony Khan. Whenever he's like interacting with a wrestler, it feels like me interacting with one of my heroes. Mm-hmm. Totally. Totally. Um, I know a lot of people give him shit for it. I actually, I find enjoyment in it. Um, I don't see anything wrong with it. I'm sure Dutch Mantel posted a oh. 20 minute rant about it or something, but uh, it's fun. It's cool to see that he's a fan. I know people use the word Mark to describe him or they'll talk like he's, doesn't have a place in the business because he's a fan. I love that he's a fan. I think Triple H is a fan, and that's why SmackDown, and I haven't really watched any Raw, but SmackDown has actually been really enjoyable lately because Triple H actually likes wrestling. I would love to have a prospective boss have that much thrill and enjoyment of just being in my presence. That would Yeah, like, dude, you closed the books fucking good this week. (laughs) Oh, that'd make me shine. Um, other contract news, Roosh finally is uh, officially all elite. He was on a pay per appearance deal. Happy to see him join. To me, that says that the Andrade tweets are probably him joking around. I know he likes to troll similar to Miro. Mm-hmm. Um, I know he had previously told Roosh not to sign with NXT back when he was there because he hated it there. So I, I would imagine that that's a good sign. Happy to see uh, him joining. Those two need the tag team titles on them. Stat. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. I love the acclaimed. I don't want them to lose the titles, but if you want, if you want to give Andrade and Roosh some heel heat, I think that those those are the two to take it off. That's some great heel heat to give to a, a like powerhouse heel team. Yeah, and then imagine a Revolution or Double or Nothing pay per view match. Those two against FTR. Mm. Just mm. your lips, God's ears. That's. <laughs> Book it, Tony. We, um, I, I, I really hope we get to see more of Andrade. Um, I know there's been a lot of speculation around him, and he's he's deserving of everything. So, um, another positive that I saw this week was the finish to the women's match, the Avalanche pile driver that Tony Storm hit on Serena Deeb. That's the ultimate amount of trust you could have is to take a pile driver off the turnbuckle. Uh, brutal, brutal move. Um, my worry whenever I see a, ma- a spot like that beyond obviously the safety hazard, right. Is please don't let this person kick out from that. That needs to finish the match. It has to be. It did rightfully. So they didn't have it broken up by one of the, uh, lumberjacks or anything like that. Just a, just a great spot there. Yeah. Great. end. good match. Didn't really get the, the credit from us in the, in the podcast, but masterclass by two of two great ladies. Yeah, and Jamie Hayter and Willow put on a good Ooh, match, I think, yeah, too, on Rampage. Jamie, good ending with that. That, spot, that delayed, uh, that delayed German? German suplex that Ooh. that she hit was that was insane. I mean, the strength that it takes to pull that off to drag somebody to the middle of the ring and do that that was impressive. Yeah, she, she's always going to be one of my favorites in that division. Yeah, pull the please pull the trigger, Tony. Don't delay this. It feels like they're. They're afraid to for some reason, or like every time a new person delay or comes in, it delays her her face turn. Mm-hmm. Uh, with Chris Statlander out, I think that Jamie might be the person that should be taking the TBS title off of Jade at this point. She's she's over. The fans are enjoying her. She's very talented, and I, I think um, could bring a little bit more life to that title. I kind of forget that it exists at yeah. this point. And she's on a better better role than Athena seems to be, and giving more more uh, camera time. So yeah, um, and then uh, a battle of uh, two of our two two dear friends of the podcast, Seth Rollins versus oh, yeah. Matt Riddle. 
uh, is going to have now a special guest referee, Daniel Cormier. Um, I just thought that that was, it's, it's in the nice, fight pit. Yeah. In the fight pit. That's what it's called. Uh, it'll be interesting to see it. I think obviously that's where Matt Riddle came from is the UFC. Mm-hmm. Um, first person ever fired from a four match win streak. Doesn't make sense. And uh, having Daniel Cormier, who's been a big wrestling fan for a long time, I've always wondered when he's going to truly get involved in in pro wrestling. There's I think been that, contracts sent to him, hasn't there? Was there a time where he I, was like kind of signing something? I think so. And like th- there was, I think it was one of the WrestleManias, like in San Francisco. Like you could, it was when Seth cashed in. You could see Cormier like going crazy for it. <laughs> oh, um, that's perfect. Yeah, and so I think. He is, he's going to be interesting to see, and it'll be interesting to see if he gets some involvement where he's doing, you know, a celebrity thing. I think Cormier is somebody who's legitimate, and I think that he has a respect for wrestling that he wouldn't do it unless he could actually make it legitimate and good. To the fullest. Um, You know, and they're kind of missing that since, um, well, who's the guy that just was like shooting at people on the freeway? Um, The guy who, Cain Velasquez. Oh, you oh know, because I think he, he was that. supposed to come. Yeah, he was supposed to come back, and then ended up uh, shooting at some oh, people. And, I recall. Uh, I, no I believe is probably currently not able to get a contract. So um, that'll be fun. That's a uh, did they did the fight pit not too long ago? I think, or is that didn't was the fight pit what Owen Hart did with Ken Shamrock? Was that the fight pit, or was the fight pit what they did with Shane McMahon in the? The back lot. No, that that was the raw underground. Raw underground. Okay. So, yeah, I think you're. I think the. I think the Shamrock. The Shamrock and yeah. I okay. That's the fight. Uh, if it wasn't, cool. please please let us know by rating us five stars on Apple and Spotify and leaving a message in that comment. In the correction, yeah, but just be nice, please. Thank yeah. you. Um, what's going on with hopefully, uh, But hopefully, uh, Chris kind of can figure out his peacock situation so I can watch that on Saturday. That's this Saturday. Yes. So, yes. And then Battle of the Belts got moved to Friday because of that. Well, well, good wrestling weekend. Yeah, it'll be a live live rampage and live Battle of the Belts, which will be nice. Nice. Four hours of wrestling on a Friday. Absolutely. Um, let's let's kind of go negative for a minute Wardlow. here. And what's going on with uh, the War Dog, Wardlow? Where's he, he been? I think, what was that stat that you had sent earlier in our group chat? He's had was, four singles matches since winning the TNT title. I don't title. even know if it was singles. I feel like it was just four matches in total. Um, looking for it. And he, four you know, singles. it's it's been, it's traditionally been an open challenge belt, which I know that we have kind of ra- railed against the open challenge here on this podcast. Mm-hmm. So let's acknowledge the hypocrisy for a second here. But to just kind of stop doing that, especially with someone like Wardlow when I think he is, while he's a special attraction, so you want to keep him special, I think also you need to, you you can utilize a lot of, you know, the Ryan Nemeths, the anybody from his group and, and others to just let him get dominant wins and really build himself up. So then the person who does beat him, my hope is personally Powerhouse Hobbs, mm-hmm. uh, you know, gets a chance to really have a, a, a big rub when they beat them, right? They're, they're there it means something and it's been weird obviously he had the match with ftr at all out as a trios match they're another one that we're like what's going on i believe they're in new uh, japan doing some stuff i think in the uk yeah they were in london this week i know for some stuff and then also i think i think they've been 
fighting hurt. So I think there's a reason that they've just been off TV for the most part. But also it that that is where you're like Wardlow doesn't he either needs the belt and needs to be on TV or not. It's been a weird ride since the MJF feud. Once again, um, just either do something or don't at this point. He had a pretty good run of matches, but they're so spaced out. Going against beating Orange Cassidy at Fighter Fest, Jay Lethal at Battle of the Belts, Ryan Nemeth, but then Tony Nese. Like that, three out of four good wrestlers. Like could have had a good little little run there. So I wonder what it is. If it is an injury or anything that Meltzer hasn't gotten the scoop on yet. But (laughs) we we need more. It seems weird that the TNT belt's kind of been hidden since he's had it. But yeah, I. I will say that my guess with the whole him tagging with Samoa Joe right now, my guess is that they're going to do some sort of maybe combine the ROH and TNT, like because they're both kind of TV titles. TV titles. Oh yeah. And I don't. And I don't think that you necessarily need an ROH TV title, a pure title, and a world title. No. So maybe they'll do some sort of like a unification match for that. But I, I, we need to see something happen. I think here. That's a good idea. Um, and those two would be those two would put on a great show. Um, Small Joe, calling it yeah, we, we love Joe, big Joe guys here. Joe. And in a similar vein of Wardlow, I think what they're what's going on with Hook right now just feels a little mm-hmm. bit like it's leaving me wanting more, um, and not necessarily like I'm like, oh, this is so great, I want more of this. It's I want him to be doing more. There's not enough. You know, the the Hook the Hookhausen uh, storyline, I, I really enjoyed was looking forward to some sort of like an odd couple thing between those two. And they really haven't had much interaction since it just was like a one-off have them have that match at double or nothing. And then they were done. Mm-hmm. Obviously he just had the some hook action with, uh, with, with action Bronson, but now it looks like he's with the, he's doing some type of a program with the trust busters and. Uh, that is not a group that I need to see anywhere near, t- near the television. No, it does him no favors. He hardly has any TV time, it feels. And now he's spending it with um, the off-brand Brock Lesnar, Sonny Kiss, and that Slim Jay. Uh, I forgot about him for a bit. Yeah. He's back. I, he wasn't on TV when they when they appeared on Rampage, so no. that was a positive. No. So, uh, maybe he was a short-term deal. Um, fingers crossed. But... <laughs> Like I, I think with him, it's just this is where the problem comes in with AEW was very much against early on kind of talking shit about how WWE has the same matchups week after week while leading up to a pay-per-view and AEW kind of shit all over that. I think now you're kind of seeing why you do that, because otherwise you have to have guys like the Trustbusters involved or just some like kind of lower, lower level talent that's just not even really interesting mm-hmm. just to keep for the sake of a fresh matchup rather than it being a, a repeat. Although they're not afraid to repeat Jericho versus Danielson for some reason uh, that, that I am seen enough for a minute. Yeah. Like I, I get that it, it's a good matchup, but I don't necessarily need that. I think that's in two weeks. Uh, they're going to be facing again for the ROH title. Uh, Jericho kind of announced right at the end of the show. And a but, tag match on the way. Yeah, exactly. So just, I think that that's probably where it stems from a little bit that they're trying to be careful about any like rematches sometimes, but I just, I want to see hook do something meaningful. I think he's shown enough that he's ready to have like a real, we need to figure out if he's ready for a real program or not. 
and doing like these just kind of quick matches where he's just kind of dominating isn't gonna isn't gonna really prove anything. And also, I want to I want to see some real personality from him. He's been I enjoy him kind of just being that cool guy that just doesn't give a shit. But I I also want more. Yeah, there's been far too much squashing and, and quick quick matches. It's time to get some meaningful ring time and mic time out of the old hook. Well, that'll do it for us today. I want to thank you all for listening. Uh, Please, once again, be sure to check out our website, wrestlingleadus.com, for our latest match reviews and articles. Please make sure you're giving us five stars on Spotify, Apple, Amazon, Audible, just anywhere but Pandora, because they're still not fucking putting us on there. Bastards. Uh, But... Uh, we appreciate you listening. Um, if you have any comments, please feel free to reach out to us via our website. We have our direct emails on the website, or you can always leave a comment in your uh, review on Apple Podcasts. We'll be back next week uh, as a as a whole. I don't know as a whole. Yeah, we'll be back. We'll be Try back one. whole once again. Recruit hit the music. Hit the music.